From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Telling you how it really is. You're with Abby Roberts on today's News Talk TNT. Hello, I'm Abby Roberts and this is the Abby Roberts Show. Today's News Talk TNT. Yes, we're right here. It's Friday morning in London. It's drizzly, although it is quite light outside earlier. So it means that spring is on its way. And as you can see from my hair today, spring is very definitely in the air. I'm bringing the 80s back. It's fantastic. But you know those uh, those gifts of the, the two girls doing this in the club for the 80s? It's basically me. Uh, they've modelled themselves on me. So how is everybody? It's great to be with you. We're still here. Uh, everyone living in the UK, sorry, we've still got a vaguely communist government uh, dragging us through the uh, terrible into the new world order. But I am here to cheer you up. And we have two great guests coming up later too. Glenn Maney, who is a stand-up comedian and very red-pilled and awake. And we also have David Edelman, who is the people's lawyer. And they shall be joining me a bit later. You can also join me by going to the live chat, which is on tntradio.live, or you can also go to the app, uh, which is on your phone, hopefully, if you're if you're modern at all. If you've got a Nokia, well, well done, because it means that nobody can spy on you. But that's another story. Uh, you can So you can go to the app. You can also uh, email me, abbyroberts at tntradio.live, and you can go old school, and you can get on the old dog and bone and you can call me and have a little chat and get something off your chest and please do call me nothing to be afraid of i want to hear your views and here are the numbers to call thanks for listening to us now we want to listen to you our lines are open from the u.s and canada call 1-888-201-6425 from the uk Call 033-0024-1026. And from Australia and New Zealand, call 1-800-670-310. Free speech is alive and well on today's News Talk TNT Radio. So if you've got those numbers, get calling, get calling, speak to me. I am not going to bite your head off. We'll have a chat. Uh, this is it's this is why it's important, because your views matter. This is free speech. This is TNT, right? So you can call me and you can say, blah, 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 blah. Oh, communist governments. Oh, uh, we're being suppressed. Our free speech is being suppressed. And people will hear you say that. It is very, very important. And talking of uh, the communist uh, government we've got in the UK, and essentially just all criminals and lying bastards, Let's play the first little clip we've got. Insinuating, let me be unequivocal from this dispatch box that COVID vaccines are safe, Mr. Speaker. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak saying, let me be unequivocal that COVID-19 vaccines are safe. Is that right, Mr. Sunak? You lying piece of shit. I cannot believe it. We have people all over the world. This is now common knowledge, and it has been for at least uh, since 2021, that there are people with vaccine injuries and people who have died as a result of the COVID-19 vaccines. If you think that Tony Blair lying to the House of Commons and the British public about why we were going to into Iraq and then killing uh, uh, a million Iraqis, then um, you think that's bad, then what, what's happening with Rishi? 
told a lie to uh, the British public and to the world. And he's not the only one because, of course, there are leaders around the world who are doing exactly the same thing um, in every country. And it's absolutely disgusting. And um, I don't know why people aren't, <laughs> aren't more angry about it. As you can tell, I'm very angry on a daily basis, but I do try and keep a little bit of comedy, a little bit lightness, because you need to, otherwise you would go stark, staring, fecking mad. Uh, but it is important to know this, everyone. Uh, crimes on a global scale have been committed. This is not just, oh, are we paying a bit too much for our council tax? Who's taking out the bins? Oh, blimey, my hairdresser's opening late. No, it's not that. It is quite literally experimental gene therapies round the world. Okay, so you've had your, you know, and if you don't get that by now, then God help you. Let's go to, let's go to some propaganda. That's nice, isn't it, for a Friday? So we've got, um, we've got the Daily Mail, got the Daily Mail, everyone. And on the front, we have uh, another, which I mentioned yesterday, should airlines start weighing passengers? I mean, really, just 48, oh, um, yeah, unbelievable. Um, that that is happening, and that's Fin Air. Would anyone fly Fin Air? I'd like to hear your views on that. Quite extraordinary. Um, and then also on the front, uh, which I was about to read, uh, can you ever believe a word Sir U-Turn says? And that's Keir Starmer was facing a credibility crisis last night. I think he's facing a credibility crisis most of his career, let's be honest, after ditching the central plank, <laughs> plank being the operative word, because that is Keir Starmer. Basically, he's a walking plank. In fact, whenever I see Keir, Sir Keir Starmer, who's the leader of the opposition, by the way, the Labour Party, I always think to myself, where are the two bolts in your neck, love? Because he looks like this. Um, unbelievable. So he, because of course he's trying to get the uh, the vote. He's trying to get the sceptical vote um, of people who know that the green stuff is all a load of absolute bollocks um, and just uh, part of the whole new world order thing. Talking of new world order and uh, the climate and green stuff, snowflake Britain, schools close before a single flake even falls. Which in a strange way actually may be good because as we know, schools are absolutely chock-a-block full of transgenderism stuff, race baiting, climate fear porn and COVID-19 fear stuff. <laughs> I didn't know that. I've already used the word porn. I was like, quick, think of another word. As you could tell, it's literally my brain's fizzing today. So maybe it's a good thing that people, that uh, kids aren't in schools and that they are at home. I mean, obviously, depending who their parents are, uh, teaching them stuff uh, about the world that doesn't involve lies and propaganda. We also have something here the Daily Mail, this uh, applies very much, well, it doesn't apply to me, but uh, this is a bit of a warning sign. Why a lack of funny women is no laughing matter for Radio 4. Radio, by the way, Radio 4, anyone who's not in the uh, UK, is the wokest of the woke. It is properly like, we are being funny. And that's their, uh, that's their remit. Radio 4 chiefs have told programme makers they need to come up with more comedy shows led by women instead of offering too many male skewing ideas. The commissioning editor for comedy and entertainment, Julia McKenzie, I'll tell you about her in a minute, has urged producers to consider the gender balance and aim for a mixed slate. Well, let me tell you guys that I, uh, when I, I did a show in Russia, uh, in 2016, partly in Russian, partly in English, called Anglichanka, which is Russian for English woman, and uh, it sold out Edinburgh. I had lo a London run, five star reviews, and I pitched it to Radio Four as a little series. This is back in 2016, and uh, it was a uh, no, sorry, this is not, 
And I just thought, oh, well, feck you. And you know what? You reap what you sow if you give people nonsense and bullshit and stuff which frankly isn't funny then people are going to start voting with their feet. It's called democracy. And that's why you have a comedian talking about the news and being a, a sort of citizen journalist, because frankly, the comedy community has absolutely shat the bed and is full of cowardly wankers. <laughs> you can tell I've had, my, I've had my cup of opinions today, dear. I really have. But, you know, I'm straight talking. I shoot from the hip. And we need to be honest about this because comedy and uh, coming up very soon is uh, my first guest. And we will be talking about the state of uh, the state of comedy. Do we have time um, for uh, to just have a little look at the vegan dog uh, story? Have you got the vegan dog over there? No. We do not have to. Oh, here we go. Yes. Can we keep that up, my love? That's it. Thank you, my love. Is Apple there? Why I made my dog go vegan, even though he hated it. Look at the woman in that woolly V-neck, disgusting, <laughs> disgusting jumper with her sort of smile. And look at that poor baby. That dog is literally going, get me out of it. That is the that is a dog who's in a hostage situation. That poor pup. Look, he's sitting there going, what have I done? And also, why have you put a bandana? Why have you put a bandana around my neck, for Christ's sake? This isn't a music, this isn't Glastonbury. It's not a music festival. And please take those vegetables away from my lovely snout because I do not eat the stuff that you eat. Um, and so that is the crazy world we're living in. Um, I mean, I call it anim animal abuse. So please, if you know that dog, try and get it away from its owner. But we do live in a very, very, very crazy world. Um, I'd love to hear, do you have pets? Will you call in? Do you have dogs? And would you feed them vegan nonsense? It's just crazy. It's like dogs are carnivores. I mean, you know, I know they have their kibble. Is it the dry, the dry food, which is fine. And they also uh, should be eating meat and uh, but not uh, not a vegan diet. And actually, I know this is a bit of a cliche, but seriously, most vegans I know are um, absolutely devoid of any personality. <laughs> And they look weak. They look very weak. Never date a vegan man. No energy. No energy. Got to have a steak before you get down to business. Uh, it provides iron and sustenance and is delicious. And on that note, we are going to, uh, in a minute, invite off my first guest on, Glenn Maney. Going 360 on the headlines. It's really well-balanced conversation. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Yeah, nice to see you, Abby. Cheers, mate. Okay. Right. I am back. I am back. And that sweeper went really fast. Bloody hell, it was faster than Siv uh, phoning off. It was incredible. I was like, oh, I'm back in the room and just having a little chat with my guest and not realising that I was, <laughs> I was on camera. But you know something? That's live radio, everyone. You should see everything that I have to do here. It's incredible. I'm amazed that my hair has even stayed on. Let us welcome my first guest, Glenn Maney. Hello, my love. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you? Well, for people in Australia, good evening. Isn't it? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. thanks. I'm good. I'm trying to, like you, make uh, some sort of sense of the world. This week we yes. had people um, who are dead that should be able to change their gender. That's my story of the week. And, uh, yeah. and I think to myself, you know, what happened to common sense? Yeah. Tell, tell, tell us about that. Tell, tell us the outline of that story, Glenn. Yeah, apparently there's a, a Labour MP who said that dead people should be able to change their gender. So if they've died, but basically some of their family or whatever thinks that they would have wanted to be a different gender when they were alive, 
this MP has proposed that it's taken into law that a dead person yeah. can change their gender. So how, how much yeah. tax money is being wasted while they debate that sort of stuff, I don't know, but... There yeah, correct. Exactly. And it is this weird, what is this, do you think, this strange, I mean, you're in, so tell us a little bit about your comedy journey first, and then we'll go into some more some more stuff after the break. But yeah, yeah tell well, me I, how you got into comedy, Glenn. Right, I, I got into comedy when I saw, oh, Jack D, back in probably the mid-90s, and at uh, that time, it was a club over in Kidbrook. And he used to come on with a crash helmet and people used to throw vegetables at him. That was prior to the to the suited, booted Jack D that we all know. And I thought to myself, mm. I quite like the idea of, of doing that. You know, even if I get belted, I can always buy a crash helmet. Um, but no, I started off doing some open mics and then um, someone basically, uh, I also started off emceeing strippers, I'll be absolutely honest. But I soon got mm. bored with that and I didn't like some of the... Uh, some of the crowds that I encountered. So I, I came out of that and I was sort of mainly on the sort of, they call it the mainstream circuit, but I also um, tried some of the alternative clubs and I loved doing the alternative clubs at the time. But now we've got to the stage where certain promoters want you to sign a disclaimer to say, you won't say this or you won't say that, then, uh, mm. you know, I'll, I'll stick with the mainstream, yeah. thanks. Stick with it, stick with the mainstream. And you, you mentioned as well, um, I read that you do after dinner speaking. Is that right? You do sort of the dinner, yes. the dinner circuit? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've done yeah. that and sports dinners. You know, it's yes. uh, that's where I make most of my money. Yeah. And do you find that the um, I mean, because I've, I've played some of those. Uh, uh, I mean, it, things got a bit weird, obviously, in 2020 when I started being very outspoken yes. about the trans uh, yeah. stuff first. That was first. And then the BLM and then and then the COVID yeah. thing. Uh, so, you know, uh, comedians are. Um, so I was going to get back to. So do you find that sportsmen when you're doing these things, are they sort of politically uh, correct? The sports crowd? No, 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 no not, exactly. Not generally, you know, it's uh, I, I find that. <laughs> most clubs when you're when you're doing a one-off gig say for a festival or something like that most of the crowd have got common sense they know you're there doing jokes they probably even found the same jokes out of some of the situations like covid you know you know six only six people allowed around the house where did that come from you know they just they just sort of like threw a dart at a dartboard and come up with it now this sort of this sort yeah. of stuff. No, I, I find most sports crowds are, are pretty, how can I put it, sensible people. Yes, sensible people, common sense, and uh, they're, they're yes. more worried about playing the game and and, fra and winning it in most cases than going, yes. oh, um, how, how, what gender do I feel today? They're not, they're not really bothered with all that stuff, are they? No, no, and I, and I think the trouble is, for some reason or other, mainstream media, this is what is great about shows like yours, mainstream media always bring the radicals on. It's as though it's, again, we're in a world of propaganda where they want to divide people to such an extent. You know, I've spoken to trans people who, for instance, mm. wouldn't go into, you know, pre-op trans people wouldn't get, dream of going into a ladies' toilet because they still realise that they're biological men. And uh, but you yes. wouldn't see that on television, you know. It's yes. oh, there's the the radical side, and it's done with everything with um, transgenderism, with identity politics. You know, you you mm. name it. There's an extreme. Same with same with COVID, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. COVID. Divided. 
Yeah, yeah completely. And uh, we are going to go for, have a quick break, Glenn, but we'll be back and talking more about your involvement with politics and more of your views. Yes. So, uh, Glenn, we'll be back after a very short break. Don't go anywhere or I'll make you watch the BBC. I'm Abby Roberts. This is TNT. Now, as we move into an election year in US politics at a time when the Western Empire is under attack from within, as if an orchestrated decline is the plan, whilst at the same time the rise of BRICS nations represents a rise of a new multipolar order. Institutions that have controlled the world are at last being questioned for their behaviour and their failures. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the truth shall set us free. Those two statements sit at opposite ends of the zeitgeist in a world that is filled with death, destruction, deceit, and a wholesale unwillingness to hold anyone in power to account, except for anyone who takes power against the ruling elite, of course. And then we have seen how that system works. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Abby Roberts on today's News Talk TNT. And I am back with my wonderful first guest, Glenn Maney, comedian, common sense advocate and all round great bloke who wears a fantastic hat. And I'm loving I'm loving that hat. Is it a trilby? Uh, it's a pork pie, actually. Yeah, it's, um, it's a pork pie. Yeah, I'm heavily into the uh, the ska music and, uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit of madness first thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, so uh, I also read in when I was um, researching some of the stuff that you, you were involved with that uh, you're involved with uh, Dr. Tech Kong's party, Alliance for Democracy and Freedom. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, the ADF That's party. party. Yeah, yeah, ADF party. Tell me, tell me, Hang tell on. me how you got involved. Uh, tell me how you got involved with that, Glenn. Right. Well, I've been interested in politics for a while. I've been a member of, well, started off really years ago as a Liberal Democrat. I joined the National Liberal Party, but it wasn't for me. And, and I ended up going to above a pub in Glasgow and seeing Dr. Tech Kong speak. And everything he said just resonated with me. It was just total common sense. He'd always opposed the COVID narrative and, mm. you know, cost-wise to him. I won't go too deeply into it. I'll let him do that if you if you interview him one day. But I know yes. it cost him, business-wise, it cost him an awful lot. Uh, he was on the panel of the BMA and he was no longer on the panel of the BMA when he said, look, I don't think this is anywhere near um, serious enough to, to lock the whole community down. If mm. anything, we should just be locking the elderly down, you know. Um mm -hmm. But that's down to them. That's down to their autonomy. Decision. If they want, yes. Uh, yeah. If they want to um, be safe or not, it's totally um, bodily autonomy. He 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 didn't want mandatory vaccination of anyone. And I was in the same camp. I think you know, go back to Nuremberg. It's one of our basic rights, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. To decide what's done with our bodies. 
So I listened to him on that and and all sorts of different subjects. You know, he was, um, you know, from the point of view of um, immigration, which I know when I was on the doorstep the other day was a, a big, a big concern of people. He was, if you're a genuine refugee, you know, let's embrace them. But if you've got some undocumented person, we don't know what their their past is, their criminal records, then they need to basically be processed at sea and, you know, taken mm. to a, a safe haven for them or where they've come from. And and I agree with that as well. You know, I, I, you're, you're, you're branded as right wing now or far right. If of course, you just yes. common sense view, and I think to myself, I wouldn't have someone who I didn't know come round to babysit the grandchildren. So why would I let him, you know, why would I let him in the country like that? You know, you want to yeah. find who people are. Tra yep. On transgender, you know, he was um, for women's for women's rights. I mean, the real losers, I think, has, has been has been women. It's been womanhood. You know, why should in sport? Why should a biological man compete against women? It, it really. <laughs> It's amazing that we're discussing it because it just seems. Tell me about it. So silly, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's but, clown world. And and uh, going back to your great point about well, uh, I mean, I've been called far right, uh, fascist, and what's really interesting is that um, both of us. I've I was arrested uh, last year in June uh, outside the COVID outside the COVID inquiry yeah. for swearing, yes. and I also made reference to the Nuremberg uh, Code. And that yes. the uh, the vaccinations that were being given were breaking, uh, violating that code. And what's yes. really interesting is that I'm called far right. <laughs> far right. Well, oh, I, no. I I see. You know what I mean? Hang, hang, hang on a minute. How, how does that work? Because I seem I to remember the Nazis weren't exactly a central centrist party were they so you know it's kind of it's just it is it's clown world it's like but they, yeah. they throw these labels at us and why why do you think that is that people label uh people that are are, are actually well speaking the truth and um and and have some moral we've got some moral um sort of core to us haven't we yeah i, I think if you if you call people like i always get i always laughed way back with blm because I, won't, I haven't got time to go into my background, but I was brought up on the yeah. streets of London with black and white friends, and I've mm. actually fought, you know, literally as a younger man when mm. one of my black friends has been abused. So to get called yeah. racist because I don't agree with a Marxist organisation is yeah. absolutely bizarre. But I think, particularly with social media, if they throw these things like Nazi racist whatever they're scared that other people that they're trying to stop other people agreeing with you because there's this sort of like a uh, group of people who like to stay on the fence and be considered nice people and if you yes. if you you've got a, a sensible opinion you're not one of those nice people anymore so if they yeah. if they brand you with these things which is ironic because the far left is just as you know racist and and uh um how can i put it into fascism as the far right are we're back to the extremes aren't we we're back to yeah, the yeah back to the well the I, I call i call i call it the whole the horseshoe is a horseshoe yes. isn't it, politically and weirdly right and left i think nowadays they're sort of irrelevant because we're we're i i see it as more like common sense versus yes. lun lunacy. lunacy that's what yeah. that's what well, that's where we are at the moment yeah totally 
totally agree with you, Abby. Um, yeah. So I don't know what next week's story is going to bring up, but we are living in mad, mad times. And I just hope, like, that by standing for a political party that, mm. that I believe um, just espouts common sense, that I'll be able to say to people, look, what's, you know, what's your real view? And yes. uh, if your real yes. view is from the common sense side, Vote for us. You know, we are an alternative. So away you yeah. go. Vote away you go. And, and, and also the, the, free, the free speech thing is actually vote Mainy. It's great. Um, <laughs> and with you, and, and that can, and, are you, and you're going to, obviously your hat can be like a real sort of, um, oh, it's the guy wearing the, the pork pie hat. Exactly. Such a great, yeah, a great little, uh, you know, great little advert for you. Yeah. I, I mean, I am denied about losing the hat, but I, uh, and a few people have suggested I wore a balaclava. They said you'd be a lot more, <laughs> a lot more friendly exactly. looking with that one. A lot, but, um, a lot more acceptable to the woke, to the wokey wokey left. Yeah, yes. yeah, you might um, frighten people less when they open the door. But uh, no, I've yeah. decided to go with a hat. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should definitely, definitely uh, wear the hat. And that is what. What, what are your thoughts about uh, when the elections may be? Have you got any little inklings, little spidery fingers coming oh, out? Yeah, I, I think it'll be November. Yeah, November. because I think, I think Sunak's mm. brought in the latest load of drivel and uh, he'll mm. try and they'd get absolutely, I think they'll get wiped out in November. But yeah. from his point of view, if he can see if his, his latest budget works, it's not going to be, I, I can't see it being May. I think it'll be November. So we're, we're, we're planning yeah. for May just in case, um, you yeah. know, prepare. Yeah. We, we we tend to think it's November. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and of course, and uh, the Conservatives and Labour, uh, uh, they're all they're all um, basically two cheeks of the same arse, aren't they? I mean, there's just literally there's not really a, a cigarette paper between them. Not all their policies, well, is there? And they're, and they're all puppets, really, for the World Economic Forum. That's the way I see it. Mm. They all they all go with this Davos crowd, you know. Even Cameron, yeah. the, the latest unelected foreign secretary, he. Uh, yeah. They're all the Davos crowd. They're all they're all for globalization. They're all for control. You know, when you think of um, you know digital currency and uh, the way they're trying to get rid of cash. I mean, I've stopped I stopped using retailers um, that that don't accept cash. I, I literally do an about turn and walk out and say thanks but no thanks. And I think these are little things that the general man in the street can do if he insists on on just using retailers who um who accept cash that that'll stop well it won't stop but it'll certainly limit their argument for oh it's so convenient to pay with your card and we know exactly yeah. where you are and we can stop your money anytime if you if you contravene your climate points if you do this yes. if you do that if you go out of your 15 minutes, we can stop your money. Yeah. Cool, Glenn, you're so, so refreshing. I can't tell you where have you been. I mean, I think I've been aware of you, Glenn, because your name, obviously, and I was like, oh, this is fantastic. So I want to have you back on because good grief, the common sense <laughs> and just the sort of but the balance and the, uh, well, the free speech is literally washing over me. So thank you so much, Glenn. Will you come back on? Thank you, Abby. Uh, oh, and, uh, and, you're, and you're very, very welcome. And I can't wait to hear the news about the uh, the elections as well. And that was Glenn Maney. Thank you so much glenn i'll be welcoming my next guest very shortly david edelman but first we are going to news headlines 
Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. US President Joe Biden has called a rare late-night press conference at the White House, defending his mental capacity and his ability to run the country. Because I'm the most question. qualified person in this country to be President of the United States and finish the job I started. Donald Trump is another step closer to securing the Republican presidential nomination after winning the Nevada caucus. And Russian President Vladimir Putin has told Tucker Carlson that he has no intentions of attacking NATO. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth, from government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. And welcome back, everybody. And I'm with my second guest, the people's lawyer, David Edelman. Hello. Good morning, David. And how oh, sorry, I've gone very formal. How are you? Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm very well. Thank you. Uh, English woman. <laughs> <laughs> English woman, Anglichanka. Do you speak Russian by any chance? Is there a little bit of a... Uh, well, do you know <clears throat> a little known fact about mm. me is that I am actually 25% Russian. Wow. My grandfather that's... was born in St. Petersburg. Wow, amazing. The 25% of Ruski. That's incredible. So 25% Russian. It's amazing. Just, uh, I know from looking at me, you'd think she doesn't know anything, but, uh, and that's largely true apart from uh, languages. So, David, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Let's talk about how, like, where you, where you started in the law and how, why were you called the people's lawyer? Where did that come from? Uh, well, I started in the law a long, long, long time ago. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm almost having a Joe Biden moment. I can't remember. It's that long ago. Yeah. Um, we're going back to the 1980s. I was on the conveyor belt towards so-called success and excellence. Top school, top university, you know, nice little job in London. And as I started work, I'm looking around at my colleagues and there's something not right about these colleagues. They seem to love their job, but I'm, I'm looking inside myself thinking, I hate this job. I'm, I'm sitting down and I want to be standing up. I'm stuck in an office. I want to be outside. And so long story short, because now we've only got a few minutes, um, I kind of quit after a year. I qualified as a solicitor in London, then I had a year post-qualification and then quit, never went back and uh, went out on the road delivering parcels, and then it ended up in Spain. That's my second language, actually, Spanish. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. lived in Spain for a few years. Um, ended up teaching English, as you do, because you can't do much else out there. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up, to, to get my Spanish absolutely top, uh, top level, I ended up teaching bridge using Spanish. Now, bridge is the card game that I took into yes. schools that led me to write the book, School No Place for Children. I'll come back to that, or you can let me yes. come back to that. Yes, yes, yeah, of course, um, of course. Uh, so, um, 
again, I'm cutting, I'm, I'm chopping decades off the, my, my bio here. Um, yeah. So I come, in to, come back to the country from Spain. It's now Tony Blair's in. He's, he's mm -hmm. conned me into thinking that he was going to do something positive. I've fallen for the charm and uh, I won't do that again. So no. um, back in the country, teaching in schools and uh, getting funding to go to schools and then getting defunded when the system realizes that I'm too dangerous. Now, what do I mean by dangerous? Well, I'm giving the children an activity that they actually love. Hmm. And you're not Good supposed grief, to do that. Yeah, what, what were you thinking? And was this, was this teaching them, was this bridge you were taking into schools? It was a simplified, yes. it was a, a version of bridge that the French and Dutch had created called mini bridge. And, and yeah. I looked at the English market and I thought, well, it's still too difficult for the English market. So I thought, uh, so their version was mini hyphen bridge. And I modified it to create all one word mini bridge and went around the country for several years, actually a bit longer than that, but funded for several years. But that, like I said, defunded when I asked them to shift the goalposts because my original remit was to go in as a, as a maths and thinking skills teacher. And it was obvious that really the social situation, social and emotional and well-being situation in schools was so dire that we needed to shift the goalposts and, um, and make it into a social and emotional activity. Anyway, defunded, yeah. the resentment led me to, uh, to write a report that was ignored. Uh, and then the fact that I was now doubly resentful led me to write the book. And, um, and I was about to embark on a tour uh, about the book when, when COVID hit. And I'd been doing research into true law for several years throughout the 2010s mm. or 20 teens. Um, so I was realizing that the law that I'd learned at university was of no effing use. It's academic, it's academic. Whenever you yeah. are offered anything <laughs> academic, you need to look up the word academic in the Oxford English Dictionary. It translates as, it's about the third or fourth definition. They keep shifting it down. The more I mention mm. this, the more the Oxford English Dictionary shifts the definition downwards, which is of no practical use or value. So <laughs> yeah, I realized I that agree. My, I realized that my legal training was of no practical use of value, either to me or to mm. anyone else. So I yeah. went and embarked on a deep dive into true law, came across an amazing documentary, Talking Heads, called The Nature of the Cage, with people like John Harris, now deceased. Uh, and that, that was just my wow moment. And then I ended up, I found people like Jordan Maxwell. Uh, I'd already been uh, looking into the work of David Icke, just you know, looking into the bigger picture, but this was more, this was more drilling down into how law really operates, how we've been scammed, um, how our authority has been inverted. Anyway, so when COVID hit, I used all this knowledge um, and skepticism of the system, because if you turn your back on the legal system in the 1980s, and I'd also turn my back on the medical system because I'd been offered, I was so stressed at work, I was offered medication. I said to the doctor, I'm 23, 24. How long do you want me to take that? He said, well, for as long as it takes. And, and I just thought, you know, red flag, alarm bells going red off. This guy's scamming yeah. me. So, and I've never taken any medication ever, to be honest, apart from dental, you know, dental antibios. And yeah. um, so having seen through the medical scam, the 
legal scam, it wasn't difficult for me. It took me a few days to confirm to myself that there's no such thing as a virus, therefore there's no such thing as coronavirus. And, and, um, and so I was given like the freedom of Manchester, which is my hometown. I, I was the yeah. only one that was, that was out and about. Uh, there was me, a traffic warden and a dog. There's that dog, Abby, um, in yeah. Manchester. We had the city to ourselves and um, embarked on some street. You know, I think um, I was really the first person with the, with the information and the com- public speaking confidence to get out there and mm. with a microphone and start talking anti-mainstream stuff. stuff. And it got me into a bit of hot water, got me into some physical, you know, like I'd quite regularly be physically threatened but i would yeah. just offer these these sad blokes the microphone you obviously have a very strong opinion sir so there you are take the microphone and yeah. tell us all how wrong i am nobody ever took me up on that offer and Dave, david we're, we're gonna we're gonna hear some more of your opinions we're gonna have a quick break and then we're back for a longer section so we bring back my guest uh, david edelman after this break don't go anywhere or i'll tell ursula von der Leyen where you live i'm abby roberts this is tnt De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. According to people, the Earth's temperature, and I say people because I don't really consider the people saying this actual scientists. They may have degrees, but since they're using temperature as a metric for climate, they don't know what they're talking about. But according to them, this has been the hottest year on record, 2023. Now, that's interesting because the world population has gone over 8 billion. In fact, there are close to 70 million new people on the planet than there were back in 2022. Or put it this way, there are 70 million more. Now, I can't figure out if things are so bad, how come the population continues to increase? I mean, aren't we at a hellhole right now? Now, I realize most of you don't have degrees in meteorology, and that's fine. What we were taught at Penn State, back when Penn State used to not be a climate indoctrination school. Well, maybe they're not now that Michael Mann has left and gone to the University of Pennsylvania. But we were taught that temperature is a very poor metric for climate. Wet bulb temperatures are a much better metric because, after all, water vapor is very important, right? So if you know how much energy is in the air and you know that a lot better with a wet bulb temperature, then you get a better look at it. See, it could be hotter, but if it's drier, there's no real change in the amount of energy in the air. Better than that, though, is saturation mixing ratios. Now, this really quantifies the water vapor. So let me ask you a question. If you want to track down the source of what warming is, would you use something that doesn't correlate at all to the temperature, CO2? Or would you use something that has a direct correlation to the temperature, which is water vapor? This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. For lovers of truth, liberty, 
free speech and the pursuit of justice. Abby Roberts. Now, another exciting episode on today's News Talk TNT. And I'm here with my wonderful guest, David Edelman. David, let us talk about schools and what the hell is going on in them. Uh, well, child abuse, in, in a short phrase, and it has yeah. been going on for about 150 years. Um, the story or, or the allegory that tells you all you need to know about schooling is the story of the fleas in a jar. You put fleas in a jar and you close the lid and after a certain period, whether it's a day, two days or a week, I can't remember to be honest, you take the lid off, the fleas will not fly out. That's schooling. So it's, it's, a, it's a, what I call a lobotomization. It's a, it's a total limitation of um, children's potential. And I had a very recent incident. I was on a bus locally and the bus stopped randomly outside a school and you, you look across and you see this 10 foot fencing and it's only a primary school, 10 foot fencing and the, the boys and girls have lobbed a ball over by accident and it's stuck in the street and the bus driver had stopped so that he could get out and throw the ball back. And I've now developed what you could call anti-tyranny Tourette's. So I'm shouting, kitty prison, kitty prison. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't hold back anymore. <laughs> and and that, is what, that is what we have to accept now. We have to wake up and realize that we're sending our boys and girls to prison and we have no excuse for doing that, none whatsoever. If parents tell me, well, I'm too busy and I can't this and I can't do that, it's, uh, that's evid prima facie evidence. See my lawyer's hat back on there. Yes, love prima, it, love prima it. Prima facie evidence of narcissism. And, and I'm not yeah. holding back now. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm call, I, I do talks around the country. I'm calling parents out um, because mm. if you don't look after your kids, the government are going to do their heads in and make them into good little communists. Yes, indeed. And uh, that is exactly what's happening. Tell us, uh, David, about your book, the book on schooling, um, which I would, I'd love to hear about and when you wrote it. OK, well, I'm going to tell you two things because you did ask yeah. me something. We haven't dealt with it yet. Um, yeah. Thank so you, David. Was, oh, it's like I'm being yeah. produced. Carry on, my love. I love I love I love a man with. Oh, go on. Yes, carry on. Maybe it's because I'm a vegan. Um, you're a vegan yes are you oh good grief uh, right. how are you how are you how are you feeling how are you in yourself with veganism absolutely See, we've taken a, a detour I'm, now i'm probably the healthiest person i know but that's another we'll do another show on right. that abby right we'll do another show so, on vegan dogs carry on with the schooling yeah yeah, yeah. okay the so the book came about because the resentment of being defunded uh, led, led me to write an e-book. Well, first a report that I mentioned before the break. That report became an e-book. People saw, uh, read the e-book and said, this is interesting, but you need to flesh it out. To flesh it out, I got anecdotes from pupils, teachers, parents. Mm. I, I found myself in cafes with newspaper articles falling on my lap. Anyway, fleshed mm. it out um, and it became four or five times bigger. And, um, and it sold a, a few thousand, no sponsor, just self-produced, uh, and it's changing lives. It's, I have, I've had, it's very moving because I have a lot of people tell me when they come to my talks, as a result of reading your book, I've realized that I can home educate, and not only can I home educate, I must home educate. And my boy or girl is a different person uh, since we took them out of school. So mm. backflipping, um, 
so I'd, I was on the streets of the north of England uh, in the COVID lockdown, and mm. I'd been invited to uh, Morecambe, the, the promenade, and I'd been just giving these talks as David. I'd, I'd put school no place for children on hold because people were telling me, no, we need to know our rights. We don't, we're not interested. The school's not even, they're not even sending the kids to school at the moment. They're all shut. Mm. So I, I had 200 people in front of me and, I, and I know there was about 20 coppers looking on. So I thought, well, I'm not going to give the coppers a free lunch. So I said, my name is, my name is, my name is, oh, the people's lawyer. And, and it stuck because it felt appropriate because I am a qualified lawyer and, and I'm now giving talks and I've already started a course that's very people and anti-government and anti-tyranny oriented. Mm. So that got its own website and the course that I had been doing as David now became mm. the People's Lawyer Privacy and Universal Rights course. So right. uh, I'm a busy boy, got a mm. lot, wear a lot of hats. Um, and um, but, like you're not yourself, one, but you're not wearing one today. No, because my central heating's on, otherwise I would be wearing two hats. <laughs> you would be wearing two hats indeed, and you're juggling lots of hats. I love it. Um, but you're doing great work, David. You're at, and just one thing I was going to say, um, with, uh, with, the, with the school and being at home, um, well, this might be a little bit of a tricky question I'm going to ask. Is that, is that playing into the stay-at-home policy that we've seen the last four years, with children actually being Absolutely. at home rather than, rather than socialising? In schools? Uh, there's no socialising in schools. They've, they've right. removed a lot of the playgrounds. And yeah. you have the lowest common, lowest common denominator operating. The bullies take over. And then you spend 10 years simply surviving. There's no thriving mm. going on in schools. It's a, it's the, the, the few small-scale studies they've done show, without any shadow of a doubt, that home-educated children are more confident, more assertive, happier, mm. more stable, more everything, more mature, more confident. They'll talk to you. Yeah. When I was in front of a, uh, I was doing a little workshop at one of these so-called freedom festivals, and I had a group of t uh, kids from six to 16, and there was two younger and two older. And mm. they look, and I assumed that because they were the children of freedom lovers, that they were all home ed. And they're staring at me and I'm staring at them and they're not saying a word. And I'm thinking there's something wrong here. And it yeah. turned out that they were all at school. So that's right. where you learn fear of authority, inability to speak out. You need permission for everything. You, they need permission now to go to the toilet. They find that the toilets are shut and they're putting mm. surveillance cameras and sensors now in the toilets. Yes. And that it's a no-brainer, Abby. It is a no-brainer. And on that note, I mean, David, like you said, I could talk to you for a lot, lot longer. I mean, we've covered, we nearly went into into vegan dogs. Uh, some maybe slightly sweat. And um, uh, God bless you. Thank you so much for coming on. Do come back, David, and we'll talk a lot more about your book and all the great work you're doing. So that was David Edelman. Thank you very much. And uh, you can call me. So let's get those numbers on the screen. Thanks for listening to us. Now we want to listen to you. Our lines are open from the U.S. and Canada. Call 1-888-201-6425. From the U.K., call 033-0024-1026. And from Australia and New Zealand, call 1-800-670-310. Free speech is alive and well on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Yeah. Okay, so...
We are back. We are back. And uh, I believe we have Siv on the phone. Siv, are you there? Hang on a minute. Let me do the music. Du, 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 du. Siv, come in, my darling. Please, God, save me. It's Friday. Yes, it is. And it's great. Now, I look, I haven't done this for a little while, this bit that I usually do where I, I say hello to everyone because I've neglected it. So good morning to those of you on the tube, the bus or the train sitting next to somebody who oh. smells like something they've eaten the night before. Uh, hello to all those people who might be in a London cab. You're probably not listening to me because you're having a conversation. And a hello to all those people who might be on the A12 or the M25 and you're struggling in the traffic. I hope I've done that uh, a good bit of service here. But I just, I've, I neglected to do that, you see. So I, I, I've, I'm glad I've done it now and I hope, we, I hope we hear from some of those people. Look, just on that story you had, about Radio mm. 4. I mean, seriously, I've listened to some of that. I like some of what they do because the way I came to Radio 4 years ago was through that thing they've had going for decades, the Archers. And, uh, and I, I kind of, I like that um, particular drama. That's about the only thing because the rest of it, I'll be honest with you, the rest of it sounds like a natural sleeping tablet. It's a pity that's on during the daytime. <laughs> how does anybody listen to that? Seriously, no, no, exactly. how does anybody listen uh, yeah, to yeah. that? It's, it's absolute dross, and I agree with you. The arches. That's the theme tune. In case anyone wonders. Um, and and do you do you like the theme? Do you like the? <laughs> does that kind of uh, give you some joy when you hear that theme tune? Yes, Steve? it does. Yes, it does. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, yeah, that's probably about the only thing I'd listen to. The rest of it, I, like I say, I mean, we have a station in Australia that's very similar. It's owned by our ABC. You can look it up. It's called Radio National. I think they've rebranded themselves to call themselves RM. But really, they, them and Radio 4, they are both like a natural sleeping tablet. You don't even need to go to the pharmacy, Captain. You just listen to these people and you'll be off. For, you'll, be off you'll, be out, you'll be out like a light. You'll actually get some sleep. So, um, so, and look, that story about the quotas and the female comedians, my God, geez, in the West we talk about some stupid stuff. I mean, we seriously talk about some ridiculous stuff. We, we must be doing so well. We must be so mm. successful. Nobody is poor. No one is living hand to mouth. We must be so successful in our lives that we can look up our own rectums and go, oh, my God, we do not have enough female <laughs> comedians. How outrageous. We have to put in more female. I mean, get over yourselves, you people. You drive me absolutely insane. But at least it can be something to talk about. Good to talk to you, Abby. Good. <laughs> and with that, he was gone. Siv sounds a lot, a lot more perky um, than he did before. And, um, and I, I do have a comment in the chat from the people's lawyer, my friend David. Radio 4 goes very well with schooling lobotomization. And he's absolutely right. The fleas in a jar. Put them in a jar, put the lid on and, uh, and then take the lid off and they stay in the jar as fleas. And do they do the fleas jump on vegan dogs? Don't even get me started on that ridiculous. OK, so I believe we have good grief. We have a very special uh, caller calling now. Do we have uh, President Trump on the phone? It's your favourite president, Abby. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, can I call you Donald? Of course you can. You can call me the Big D. Whatever you want to call me. It's so good. Big D. It's so good to chat to you it's... again. You know, I had, it's... I, I'm going to let you yeah. in a secret. I, had a, I, I snuck away. I'm totally hiding. There's a small cupboard underneath the stairs. I snuck away. The Secret Service and Melania, they're totally looking for me, but they'll never find me. 
because I'm the best at hiding. Nobody hides. Nobody hides better than me. What do you think about that, Abby? I think you hide very, very well. What do you think about Biden? What, do you think he's losing his mind at the moment, losing his marbles? I think Biden, he's got a lot of problems. You know, he, he's totally lost it. He's like a different guy. He sounds different. He totally looks different. I don't know. I think he's lost the plot. I don't know if he's going to make it all the way to the election, but we'll find out, I guess. A lot of people are talking about it. Too many people. So good. You know, we're, we're doing so well. We are doing very, very well. And oh, what do you think your chances are? What do you think your chances of winning are? Big D. Oh, we're totally going to win 100%. If I could say 200%, I'd say it. We're doing so well. We're so, doing so good at the caucuses. You know, the word caucus, it's not a rude word. I've looked it up and everything. You can say the word caucus. It doesn't get you into trouble. It's totally a legitimate word. You know about rude words, Eddie. You totally do. I do, I do know about rude words. Oh, and I see you're wearing the TNT hat, uh, Big D. Uh, are you a fan of TNT radio? I absolutely love TNT. You know, TNT is totally MAGA. It's making the airways great again. And thank you so much, TNT, for the hat. You're totally dynamite. I love it. You're doing so good. Wow, what can I say? So good. You're looking, you're looking absolutely uh, fantastic, uh, Big D. And uh, thank you so much for calling in uh, uh, President Trump. Um, and he will be back totally with us pleasure. next week. Happy <laughs> Roberts. There he is. Roberts. Thank you. You've got my presidential seal. You're the best. Keep going. Thank you. So well. God bless you all. Thank God bless you. Thanks, Big D. Thanks for coming on. This show, don't say this show uh, isn't um, interesting, shall we say. It's got everything in it. Do you know what? You're not going to see any other show on TNT where we talk about vegan dogs, um, the Nuremberg Code, schooling in Spain, and uh, and our President Trump on the phone. Oh, and Siv, uh, who's the milk tray man. I'm sure, uh, and we're sort of having a weird, this weird affair, me and Siv, aren't we? Kind of, um, let's have a look at the live chat, shall we? Um, unbelievable. So Friday, let's see what people got to say. I think I know, oh, people need hope and saviour figures. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm reading something. I'm reading an old comment. Bloody hell, it absolutely goes, it goes so fast. Um, Right, uh, let's have a little... Somebody put, Holly said, I went to the University of Life, capital letters. Yes! Is Are universities all they're cracked up to be? I would argue, well, looking at some of the people in charge of the country, all, a lot of them, Oxford and Cambridge, I would say, is that a good thing? Um, I went to Swansea, so I'm slightly biased <laughs> about that. But seriously, um, breeding the elites... Um, I'm not sure whether David would agree with me. I, I think just breeding the elites in the schools as well, the sort of the um, the elitist schools, uh, Eaton Harrow, etc., etc. Um, let's have a look. Oh, someone said was Siv on Neighbours. <laughs> oh bloody hell! Siv should swing in on a Tarzan rope in the appropriate attire and his glasses. And you know what? I'd pay good money for that, Siv. Ah, oh, you little cheeky, you little cheeky bugger, neighbours. And God bless you, TNT. God bless you, viewers and listeners. I love you very much. And that's the end of the show. So I will be back on Monday with some fabulous guests. So take care of yourselves and uh, don't let the tyranny get you down. Be seeing you.